being said. I'm Renata. And I'm Lauren. And you're off to Prague this week. I am in, well, yeah, indeed, in like an hour and a half <laughs> off to Prague. Yeah, we've got a, a whole series of work events at the moment uh, where we're meeting with the different regions. So America's EMEA, which is Europe, Middle East and uh, Africa. And then APAC, which is Asia Pacific. Um, so it's Prague this coming week, Singapore the next week. So all very exciting, also all very tiring at the same time. Mm. Um, yeah. But uh, I guess this episode will only be launched next Friday. So by that time, I'm already back. But um, it launches coming Friday. Yeah, sorry. I mean the coming Friday. Yeah. Uh. What is the date? I never understand when people say next next Friday. Like it's uh, you're, you're sitting on Saturday, and then I talk about Friday that's coming, and then people refer to that as next Friday, and I just it mind fucks me. To me, it's in this coming okay. week. <laughs> that's I understand. Yes, that's actually something I struggle with in Switzerland. Um, you know, in German, if I say, um, like if I say next Friday, let's say. The coming Friday or the next Friday or whatever, and I mean the one next week. They assume it's the mm. one this week, right? So next Freitag <sighs> is mm. the like most immediate one. And anyway, so it's it's been a point of confusion as well in in Switzerland. <laughs> so I totally but understand. That makes sense, though. It makes sense because that's a different language that might have a different meaning. Mine is all in English, and I am English. So. <laughs> okay, you have no excuse. I don't but have an excuse. Fair enough. I mean, use the coming Friday, next Friday. Well, in my book, when I say next Friday, I do mean the coming Friday. I mean the next one that is coming. Oh, when I say next Friday, I mean as in next week, not this one coming, the next one. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just okay. me. Maybe it's just my language. I think it might just be you. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, well. But... It's also now saying that the episode is coming on the 1st of December. It means that we are actually getting closer and closer to when you come to visit. Yes. So fucking excited. It is 29 days today. Um, on When this episode launches, it will be 25 day, 24 days. Yes. Exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. It's like, honestly, I, I think it's going to be such a like rejuvenating restoring trip and I am desperately Absolutely. in need of it so I agree I'm yeah. so excited I can't even tell you and you know like I'm starting to plan what I'm packing it's all lying here on the bed next to me and uh then I think about the flights as well and it's on Christmas day that I fly well whenever I say Christmas Eve I think of the 24th because Christmas Eve is the 24th it's not it's the 25th the night of the 25th <laughs> and I fly yes the evening yeah, of Christmas Day. Yes, the evening of Christmas Day. Christmas Eve is <laughs> the 24th. Yes. yes. I mean, you're welcome to pitch up on Christmas, like, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll be allowed into the country. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. Oh, uh, yeah, the pains <laughs> of having a South African passport and having to get yes. visas. Yeah. So, in today's episode, we're going to speak a little bit about disappointment. And I think this is a, an emotion, a feeling that we've all experienced one way or another. And 
I guess people all have their own individual ways of reacting to disappointment, but what I want to discuss today is whether disappointment could be a catalyst for change. Like, does it, I don't know, annoy you enough to spur you off in a different direction that could end up being, like, a whole lot more positive? Mm. But um, maybe we should start off with just, first of all, getting everyone on the same page about what disappointment is. So disappointment is an emotional response that is both, I guess, universal and really complex. It arises when an individual's hopes, expectations or desires are not met and disappointment serves as a psychological indicator that a recalibration is necessary. But the underlying mechanisms of disappointment are multifaceted and they involve cognitive, emotional and neurobiological elements. And it often intersects with other emotional states like depression, anxiety, and low self-esteem. So I think, uh, maybe we should probably just tell the listeners as well that an article that we're also referring to in this episode, it's by a psychologist called Donna Roberts, um, and she's written an article on understanding disappointment. So um, we're referring to a lot of what she has written in this article during this episode. So it says, or you've said now as well, that disappointment is multifaceted, that it encompasses cognitive, emotional, and even neurobiological elements. Um, So I think to kind of bring this definition, to bring this full circle, I think we should just touch on exactly what these aspects are. Mm. So uh, Donna says that at its core, disappointment is a cognitive event where an individual perceives a gap between expectations and reality. So in this context, expectation is a belief about what will happen in the future and is obviously heavily influenced by past experiences, social learning and cultural norms. So when these expectations are not met, cognitive dissonance occurs. And that's actually something we've spoken about in a previous episode as well. Um, I cannot for the life of me remember which one, but I know that we have spoken about the term cognitive dissonance before. So, but this then triggers a whole range of emotions, which includes disappointment. So we also see that like people have cognitive biases as well, such as something that's also called the optimism bias. So people tend to overestimate favorable outcomes, um, which can also mean that they are predisposed to more frequent and intense disappointments. So they overestimate a situation thinking that, of course, the best is going to happen in this situation. And then obviously when it doesn't, which I guess statistically it will not happen uh, Mm. in many a situation, that obviously means that you're just setting yourself up to more disappointment. Now, emotionally, disappointment is closely related to sadness, but differs in several aspects. So where sadness can arise from a variety of situations, disappointment is explicitly tied to unmet expectations. It carries a forward-looking element and often often leads to the re-evaluation of goals and strategies. Now, this orientation towards future action separates it from the other emotional states like regret, which is orientated towards past actions. So disappointment more often than not will come from an expectation of something that is yet to come 
and that does not realize rather than something that has happened. Mm. That makes sense. So it's more future focused, something that you expected would come and then it doesn't. Yes. And lastly, the neurobiological underpinnings and Donna writes in her article as well, is that disappointment has been linked to the brain's reward system, particularly to the neurotransmitter dopamine. So a study that she quotes by Skultz, Diane and Montague reveals, revealed that dopamine neurons in the brain show decreased activity when expected rewards failed to materialize. So that signals the emotional experience of disappointment. And this also shows that the experience of disappointment is not just a subjective emotional state, but also has like tangible biological manifestations that could influence behavior and decision-making. So one part of it is emotion, and that is obviously subjective to everyone, but there is also um, some actual objective physiological underpinnings there as well. And I just thought that this was so interesting is that... Um, I think in, you know, at the moment, or we don't really think about disappointment as deeply as that. We obviously experience disappointment, but we don't really consider everything that goes into it. And it's really, you can see it's actually a multifaceted concept. Mm. But maybe, you know, I've, I've recently actually had a disappointment. And I think that's actually really what spurred on the idea for this episode is there was a certain procedure that I was really hoping to have that would really improve my health. Um, but I narrowly missed the uh, candidacy criteria for it and was told, unfortunately, this is not going to happen. And that for me was really um, a crushing kind of disappointment. And I don't know, I'm obviously speaking a little bit cloak and dagger now because um, I don't want to go too deeply into really what happened mm. but um, you know I guess first, it's not like life a life-saving procedure I mean there are other options as well but it was just like I'd really set my heart on it um, and I really felt like it was the right decision for my health and when it didn't materialize I just I felt so yeah I I don't know. I just, I just really, I felt, I felt defeated. I felt like, you know, I don't, I don't have that many options because some of the available options are just not suitable for me. So mm. it then got me thinking, because obviously it's not the first disappointment I've experienced. And it got me thinking about other disappointments in my life and how I can actually see in certain instances that a disappointment about something that didn't happen, something that I was expecting to happen actually moved me forward in a different direction which turned out to be quite a bit more positive um and I thought that that was really worth discussing mm. have you had um any disappointments any I mean of course you've had disappointments I mean you're human mm -hmm. but um do you do you have any similar experiences I have I just want to start off with saying I'm a very big believer that when something doesn't work out the way that it's that, that we're hoping for it to work out and yes it results in disappointments I'm a firm believer that there's some reason behind why it didn't work out and that it's something that is either going to prevent 
something bad from happening or that it's something that is because there's something better in store for you. And I've got two examples of my own um, in both those instances. Actually, the first one where it prevented something bad from happening is um, I went to visit my parents in the Vol <clears throat> while I was studying. And I had planned to return back to Pretoria on the Monday morning. And uh, it's roughly an hour and a half's drive and about 40 minutes into the drive, you go through this, this um, it's a little bit like a tunnel sort of vibe, a little bit like a bridge tunnel vibe. And it sort of merges onto the highway um, or the freeway there. And the plan was to leave on the Monday morning really early so that I could make it back to Pretoria. Well, early enough, I guess. And I woke up on the Sunday and I had this, I don't know, this niggling feeling that I need to leave today. Um, I cannot wait for tomorrow to get back to Pretoria. And I cannot explain to you why it had happened. I can't explain to you what it was that had happened, that had given me this feeling, but I just had this intense, I need to go back today. And um, I still remember saying to my mom, I think I'm going to leave today. And she said to me, why Lauren, you can just leave early tomorrow morning. That was the plan anyway. And I said to her, I need to get back today. I don't know why, but I need to get back today. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I left on the Sunday afternoon and the following morning there was at the time, roughly the time that I would have been passing through that tunnel and that merge onto the freeway, there was something like a 25 car pile up accident in that, that, that area. Oh, wow. Um, people mm. were, mm, it was, it was catastrophic. It was very bad. It was a truck that had smashed into traffic. Um, and very bad. Mm. So when I heard about that the next morning, I've got goosebumps now just thinking about it again. Um, when I heard about that the next morning, I was like, well, there it is. There's my reason that I had to come back yesterday. Mm. And I guess in this context, the disappointment was for your parents that you were leaving yes. early. Yes, yes. And I guess more so also the reference to things happening to prevent something else from happening. Mm. Um, the other story that I've got with a disappointment that had happened was with my immigration to Australia. Um, mm. I had in 2019, I had already started the process for the immigration, the skills assessments and so on. And I'd gotten this job here and I'd been through one round of skills assessment and that had come back negative and I had one round left to go. And in the meantime, I'd gotten myself a job here and I was supposed to start in the March um, 20, yeah, 2020. And obviously my skills assessments had come back negative and I just kind of felt like I just kept being, you know, kicked down and put down and this is not for you. It's just never going to happen. And then when it did happen and I got here, I was able to look back and reflect and say, okay, but the first time I got rejected, that obviously that disappointment came in. It was a huge disappointment because this was my whole future that I'd been planning at that stage. Mm -hmm. And now being able to reflect back and look at that, I'm able to say, well, if I'd come over then, I would have arrived here in March just before COVID, just before the big lockdown. And it was literally weeks, mm -hmm. two, three weeks before Australia went into lockdown. And then I would have been sitting without a job. I wouldn't have had money to support myself. I would have been on a work visa 
so I could potentially even have been sent back to South Africa and that would have blown all my chances of staying in the country indefinitely mm. where the second time around when it actually did work out for me I came over on permanent residence I came with a job it was outside of well it was kind of still in the middle of COVID but it was outside of the big lockdowns and so on so mm. the companies were still able to work and function and my family was in the same area that I was going to be in so I had a bigger support system yeah, I think it's just exactly that. Things have a way of working out. Um, like you say, either for preventing something bad happening or because there's something better. Um, so I totally resonate with that as well because I also had also a little bit linked to my to my immigration story. And I think I spoke about this actually way back in our first episode about um, falling in love with Plan B. Mm. Is Also, I had some disappointments at work. Um it had been sort of semi-promised to me that my uh, further development additional studies would be paid for. And there was also a sort of more medical division of the company that I was sort of being primed to go into. And then things changed, the organizational setup changed, and that didn't materialize. And I remember at that time, I was also, I was like, so disappointed, so disappointed. I had like this soul-crushing disappointment feeling like well fuck okay so what kind of future do I really have um Mm. and um, I got so disillusioned and disappointed and I actually it was the catalyst to me applying to the job in Switzerland because I was so annoyed I was like fuck this there has to be something Mm. else out there and I just randomly started looking on LinkedIn found the position thought "Hmm, okay well I guess I'll just what apply for funsies. Let's see if I get it. What the hell? And uh, yeah, well, I guess, you know, two and a, almost two and a half years. Well, it's not quite two and a half years. Two, two years and a couple of months. I'm uh, sitting recording this podcast in my home in Switzerland. So yeah, that's really, I think that was, I can fully say a catalyst for change because mm. it, well, okay, yes, given I was just very annoyed but it pushed me in a different direction to take a different kind of risk. And um, I can fully say that I think those things had to happen. I had to experience that disappointment so that I could end up where I am today. And mm. where I am today is exponentially better than where I was at that time in my life. That's such a good example of how it can, like you say, be a catalyst to change and be a catalyst to change that is better suited to you and your lifestyle. Mm. I guess that also brings us into the part on how people deal with disappointments. And we're referencing an article today um, also by a psychologist, Manfred Ketz de Vries. And he speaks about um, how people deal with disappointments in different ways. And he says that disappointments are inevitable and how we cope with them is often a defining moment in our lives. Um, He proceeds to say that the way that we deal with disappointment or we handle disappointment is often related to our developmental history and the relationships with your parents or other experiences that you've had throughout life, which I guess can also come back to one of the other episodes that we've done on how your upbringing influences your life as an adult. I don't remember the number, but that was the title. Um, I think that's, that seems to be a red thread, you know, that like kind of goes through all of our episodes. Um, you know, how much actually your childhood and how your upbringing and the environment you grow up in can can affect so much, actually. Mm -hmm. Very much so. So he also says that based on 
you know, your the your upbringing, your developmental history, that there's two ways that people tend to go. Is that firstly, some people might seek to avoid disappointment by turning into underachievers. So they unconsciously set the bar low and avoid taking risks to prevent themselves or others from being disappointed. But there are also others who follow a very different trajectory and seek to avoid disappointment by becoming overachievers. Although they tell themselves that their expectations of perfection are appropriate and realistic, these presumptions turn out to not be true at all. The bar is set far too high to ever make whatever they want to achieve attainable. This also too often leads to disappointment because nobody can be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So if we go into some actionable items on overcoming disappointment, he also says that unpleasant disappointments may be we can always learn something from them. To constructively deal with disappointment, we need to first understand what has happened. In some instances, disappointment is predictable and others preventable. But there are others that are unavoidable and beyond our control. So to manage disappointment, we need to differentiate between situations that fall within our control and factors that are beyond it. Being able to recognize the difference between what you can and can't control will help us to deal with the frustrations more appropriately. We also need to check whether our expectations are actually reasonable. Are we having unrealistically high expectations and thus aiming too high, or are we setting our goals too low? So to work constructively through disappointments, we sometimes need to modify our expectations as well. You have to learn to move away from these perfectionist standards, or you have to bring the bar up a little bit. So avoiding disappointment is not possible in life. We will all experience it, but trying to avoid disappointment is not a very constructive way of dealing with life's challenges. So another small piece of advice that he gives is that when disappointment occurs regularly, and we're seeing this again and again and again, that it's probably a good idea to reevaluate what our perceptions and behaviors are. And perhaps we're even inviting disappointment. Could we have been clearer in our communications? Or do we really know what our expectations of ourselves are? Are we listening to what other people say? Could we have done something differently to arrive at a different outcome? And also, given what we know about ourselves, how can we adjust our own expectations to be more effective the next time? So it really sparks some introspection. And um, he lastly says that when we catch ourselves thinking negatively, we should redirect our energy and focus on positive solutions. So being able to introspect, being able to analyze the situation and say, okay, you know, this is obviously disappointing, but I can choose to see the good in it or to believe that something better will come could again be that catalyst for change. Mm -hmm. I think in, in reading this, I have identified or I like, I, I reflect a little bit on, what he was saying here and think that I'm a bit of a, a combination of the two. I think I go through times where I set the bar low and I'm a bit of an underachiever, but then once I get to the point where I feel like there's just disappointments after disappointment or not even disappointment, just like frustration with the situation, not moving in a particular direction, then it becomes this like, well, what can I do to change it? 
attitude and then I tend to set that bar very high and I come up with all these ideas that I then you know have this very high expectation this idealistic image of what I want to achieve and set out to achieve that and it's a bit of a cycle for me it appears that <laughs> I tend to you know I'll, I'll set the bar low and then I'll set it very high and then I'll I'll have a go at trying it but then I don't know I kind mm. of just flip flop between the two <laughs> depending on what phase what phase of energy level I'm in I think mm. <laughs> how many fucks I've got to give in the moment yeah, I think on my side, I tend to err on the side of being the overachiever and perfectionist, which I know is a problem in my life. And I call it a problem because exactly that. I set the bar too high, setting myself up for disappointment and frustration in many a situation. And also just like not being kind to myself as well, because mm. I just expect the very best. And like you say, there are times where you have, you know, depending what your energy is, it's, you know, it's not constant. So, and those are the times yeah. where you can also, if you've set the bar so high, you fail to recognize what it is that you have achieved and the good that has happened mm. because you haven't achieved that, you know, that you've set out to achieve, but something else has still been positive from the experience. Mm. And we might at times then just fail to recognize what has happened. Mm. Absolutely. I think that wraps up a very interesting topic. I'm sure that there's much more we could say about this but I have to head to an airport to fly to Prague so if you enjoyed this episode if you um, liked any of our other episodes please share them with anyone you might find or that you think might be interested uh, leave us a rating or a review we're very much appreciative of it and um, if you're not already follow us on social media we're on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok and then we'll Thank you soon. Until next time.